Senior Vice President of the Oh Dear Podcast, Oh Dear Nation, Oh Dear Limited, Oh Dear Weekly, Oh Dear Express, <laughs> all subsidiaries there in 4-2, which with me as always on the one podcast where we talk about the things that would make your mother clutch her pearls and say, Oh Dear, <laughs> are Brett Rabel and Nick Whitmer. You got the note. I said, be bigger, Christian. <laughs> be bigger. Well, last week you were like, you don't even care about this anymore. <laughs> yeah, dude. I do want a documentary called Behind the Podcast. Where we, <laughs> we just get into all the interpersonal turmoil. And, yeah. And like, just, there's a lot of drama behind the scenes. And just the uh, on-camera interviews. is like, things were going great, but then, you know... Once drugs got involved, it's like black and white yeah. now. <laughs> it's a picture of us three, and then the picture's tattered. <laughs> like, and then with, it tears. Yeah, the with terrible, <laughs> terrible you know, uh, it, iMac quality effects. But it um, tears with me and Whitmer hanging out, and then we, it tears yeah. Christian and Wit. So me and Wit are on the side, but fucking Dean And then and it's Chris. like, and then Brett and Chris, uh, Nick started their own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> called oh no <laughs> christian's uh, efforts did not succeed as well like he released a self-titled <laughs> one-man podcast show and it's like me in a leather jacket with, <laughs> with sunglasses too much for oh dear or something tried to go solo yeah. announcing a oh solo shit podcast career no artist has ever had a or what are the artists that have had better solo careers than there's there's been a few. I would say Sting. Sting. Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake. Uh, Michael I Jackson. I mean NSYNC was big, but Justin Timberlake I think is bigger with the with the yeah. acting and everything. Michael Jackson's number one. Because yeah. Jackson five if you count that. Right, but, right. Um I think uh Okay, Ringo yeah, Starr. Michael Jackson's Ringo Starr. <laughs> yeah. Ringo, yeah. He's he, way bigger than the Beatles ever could have been. He's weirdly like he didn't have to be like he right. was always just gonna be Ringo like no matter what they put out he put out it didn't have to be great and nobody yeah. cared. People shit on him like because like he didn't write the music or whatever yeah. and I'm like dude come, like maybe like not having that much of an ego was a gift to that band it considering was. who else was in it like maybe just being able to be like you know what I got the drums. It, you know what true. I mean? It's not like he wasn't a good drummer. <laughs> you he know, drum to make the songs amazing. You don't yeah. need a lot of shit going on with drums when the songwriting is so good, right? Like this, I've actually seen a video where like someone was like, "This is people say Ringo's a bad drummer. This is what it would yeah. look like if they had like a really Neil Pert." <laughs> yeah, it's just like it was just like <laughs> when I want and then there's wipe out. <laughs> And you're like, that's it's garbage. Yeah, yeah Keith Moon would have ruined yeah. the Beatles. Yeah, you don't need to live in a yellow submarine. Yellow submarine. Yeah, it's way too dramatic. Yeah. So really, just a simple like, it's like, oh, it works great. It that's all that matters. Clearly, he was a good drummer. Yeah, they went number one a few times. I heard a story. Uh, I don't know. It was probably from like Paul McCartney or something. It sounds like Paul McCartney told you this story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got we had dinner. I, know, we had dinner, I was talking to my friend named Paul. Me, Lauren, uh, Paul McCartney. It was just me, Lauren, Paul Simon, and Paul McCartney. <laughs> the Pauls. The we Pauls. Called them. Um, but uh, he was saying how he was talking to Ringo, and he was like, just I don't know why, but he was just kind of like, you know, I was like listening to some old songs. He's like, you were fucking like really good. And then Ringo goes like, Yeah, I know. <laughs> 
like I've been fucking telling everybody for yeah. 30 years. Less is more sometimes. Yeah. And like you think like the dick measuring contest that McCartney and Lennon got into and like writing the music. Like if they had one more ego who was like, guys, I need a song on the album too. Yeah. It would just been like, ugh, they would have broke up two years earlier. Well, was George Harrison had a, you know, as things went on, he was only yeah. allotted, I think, one song per album. Yeah. Right. And it was often the best song. Because you only got one, so right. it's like you choose your best one. You choose your best yeah. one, right. and uh, but towards the end, Paul and John were like, I remember Paul saying something <laughs> again. I'm upset. Paul was talking to me anyway, <laughs> uh, but Paul said something in an interview where he was like, at some point, like towards the end, we were like, me and John were looking at each other, going like, you know, he's he's getting fucking good, dude. You gotta squash <laughs> this. <laughs> the dictatorial. All right, you have no more songs. Yeah. But, but I bet if you took, I've always wanted to like take a make a playlist of all the best post Beatles songs, like just put ten of them, and you'd have that'd be an amazing Beatles album. Like if they just stayed together as the Beatles, but just all wrote separately, and then just released it all as one album. Like yeah, all the stuff from. Um, uh, It'd be great this, if the album was just Ringo's debut. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> all things must pass, and then like all the John Lennon and Paul McCartney wings. Wings stuff. is great, man. Wings is so good. Live and Let Die and Imagine on the same album. <laughs> and Silly My Love Songs. Yeah. That's one of the best songs. It's a great song. And then you know where that song came from? Silly Love Songs? Hmm. You know, the lyric is like, I think the world says there's too many silly yeah. love songs. Apparently, uh, reviewers reviewed Paul's previous album. They're like, it's just another batch of silly love songs. <laughs> yeah. And then Paul's like, fuck you. And he named a song, <laughs> silly love songs. Well, I was listening like, yes. to a podcast talking about McCartney and apparently like coming out of the Beatles, there was like a race to have, to see who would have the best career between him and yeah. Lennon. Yeah. And Lennon's like first d- debut album by himself after the Beatles was like critically acclaimed because he was like the critic darling. And Paul McCartney was more of like the poppy person, like yeah. the more, and Paul McCartney's first album, McCartney One, wasn't, you didn't live up to the expectations apparently, but it took until like, I think the Wings album that came out, the first one came out in like 1974, that was four years after the Beatles broke up. So like John Lennon was just owning him for four years yeah. and like saying all this shit in the press about Paul McCartney. Really? And Paul McCartney was like trying to come up with a great album and he finally did in 1974 and that was when he was like okay i'm i'm not a fraud (laughs) and i'm like can you imagine paul mccartney thinking he's a fraud until he could come up with an album without the beatles yeah i mean the uh, being a member of the biggest band of all time at that point and to this day and still somehow having imposter syndrome right it's like a crazy level of like does it ever end for an artist of feeling like okay I'm pretty good. Like if Paul yeah. McCartney couldn't have had the self-confidence to be like, I am good. Christ. Then we're helpless. Who we're are we talking fucked. about that kind of has that? You were saying, oh, Tarantino. We talked about that on this podcast where you were saying he has like a little bit of humility, but like enough oh, like, he, he yeah, is, I know. My shit is awesome. Yeah. He has a weird, like when you listen to him talk, he's so arrogant, but yeah. it's also somehow he just straddles the line of arrogant and humble very well because yeah. everything he says is super confident bordering on arrogant but he never comes across like he's a dick yeah somehow it's interesting him and uh kanye that story that aziz and sorry told on his like first album or whatever where he's like he went to kanye's house and kanye was listening to his own album by himself just vibing <laughs> and then he's, aziz is like what are you doing he goes yo these are some dope beats 
right? <laughs> I feel like him and him and Quentin Tarantino do the same. Like they watch their own movies and they're like, right. I fucking killed this shit. Like, I, I got to be honest, guys. I finished watching my hour special this morning and, <laughs> and it like, holds up. Fucking nailed it, dude. <laughs> Shit's so hard. I record I record all my set. We all, almost every comedian records their set, the audio of their yeah. sets, and they go back and listen to take notes. And just that process alone is like... It's horrifying. I just procrastinate on it. I'm like, I don't want to listen back to my fucking stupid voice. And yeah. then like I hear it, I'm like, ugh. <laughs> Even when I'm doing well, it's just yeah. not fun to... The best, you know, the funny thing is, I've said this before, but like the, when you think a show went bad, you listen back to it and it didn't go as bad as you thought. And when you think yeah. it went well, it didn't go nearly as well as you thought it did. Yeah. You're like, ah, fuck. But um, when I was doing my album, like, uh, they were like, oh, we need your notes and, uh, you know, get those to us whenever. And I was like, I, you got to sit with me and listen to this because I can't just sit in a room by myself and listen to this. And like, I remember I was with Aaron who produced the album. I'm sitting in a room with him and I just have my head in my hands the whole time. <laughs> and he's like, you don't like it? I was like, no, it's good. I just can't, I just, it's I hard. can't like myself. It's, <laughs> it's, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very hard. When they, he asked me, do you have any notes? And I was like, can you make me funnier? Like, <laughs> is there a way to like have my jokes be better written? Mm -hmm. Can you pump up the audio and all the laughs? Yeah, <laughs> yeah crank them so it's yeah. frustrating where it's like, yeah. you know, when it's like that loud, like peaking, just like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. just do that. So people are like, wow, he's really cool. <laughs> and then cut to the audience for one shot. So then I can say, guys, you're laughing so loud that you're going to peak the mics. Yeah. <laughs> and anytime and like, I have a joke about race, make sure you show a black guy laughing yeah. at it. <laughs> or if it's about white woman, you have to show a white woman laughing at yeah. it. You that need is to a, show the identity to make it cool. It's such a silly way of... of I I know it's a way of cutting. Yeah. You know, like you need to change the angle to cut to something. And it sometimes it's too jarring if you just go from like the wide angle to the side angle if, you know, the material doesn't match up or whatever. Yeah. Um, so sometimes you have to cut to the audience just so you can make a cut. But like they do it so purposefully, like just like you said on some of those older Comedy Central specials where they like cut to yeah. the person that they're talking about laughing right, yeah. and they're like, all right. And I'm like, dude, you realize that they filmed the entire audience. That could have been another joke yeah. that that guy was laughing at. Right. <laughs> and they just cut in that one because he was sitting there mean mugging on the one about him. You know, like yeah. as if somebody's at home going like, oh, OK, oh, oh good. Thank good. God. Thank God. I felt God, guilty yeah. laughing about that. Oh, although it's funny when you can tell it's like an audience shot from another time period. It's yeah. Like 2020 film, special film of 2018. And they're yeah. like, that guy's wearing a nineties polo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's got the eraser hair, yeah. the, like Will Smith eraser hair. Yeah. Look. It's from deaf comedy jam. Yeah, <laughs> and the yeah. dude's running up the aisles cause he's laughing so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, You're man. like, oh, really? That bit about toast <laughs> made the dude run out. It's like when they cut in a net with the Apollo oh crowd. Like every time they literally cut in the net as a special, but they did reaction shots from like an, a black Apollo crowd when there's a bad <laughs> comedian on. And they're all just like, she just says a joke and then it cuts to all these black people going like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the perfect special to Blue, do that. Blues for. a flame or whatever jokes were. Uh, uh, I listened funny. to this one interview one time. I think it was like Louis C.K. and Jim Norton were talking about uh, just old comedians they came up with and like weird comedians. And he was talking about one guy who was just like the vampire of comedy. Whoa. He, did, he did like the same material for like 20 years or something like that. And the, Louis was like, you know, I just want to get that guy and just like give him an hour special. <laughs> <laughs> and just, like, he's like, and like. 
turn the turn the AC down, like make it hot, <laughs> <laughs> and just fill the audience like Crips and Bloods. <laughs> yeah, and then they're like, if you don't want to do that, then you got to quit comedy. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, just but, sabotaging. Yeah. That's fucking funny. Uh, yeah, but um. You wanted to talk about something today. We got to get into the bulletins, man. Yeah. We got to get into the news. I, I actually, I wanted to bring on and talk about <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> no, it was me who because yeah. it's not per se wrestling. Yeah, it's. I saw a news story uh, yesterday that mm-hmm. um, WWE and um, Blumhouse are making uh, a TV show, a scripted TV show. Uh, and it's called, uh, well, it's about, apparently um, Vince McMahon got in trouble with steroids or yeah. something in the 90s and there was a trial or something. Mm-hmm. So the show is literally called The United States of America versus Vince McMahon. You know he signed off <laughs> Which on that is title. Like, yeah, <laughs> you, it's just like the fucking most Vince McMahon. I know. He's like, I took on the whole country. Can we, right. do, the, can we do the world? Can we do the world? <laughs> Planet Earth versus Vince McMahon. A oh perennial my. billionaire victim. So what happens? <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> Christian definitely knows the backstory, but apparently this is 1994. This happened. Yeah, I was not aware that he got in any type of trouble. Was it him personally, or was it steroids and wrestling, or was it? They, it was. It was weird. Like he got investigated by the government. Um, what? He got investigated by the government because there were things. There were allegations that he was giving steroids to his wrestlers, wrestlers. which is weird because it's like. Guys, it's fake fighting. Right, yeah. We had the wrong, like, we had such a backwards look on No, no, no. I don't think it's because the wrestling was too good and they were breaking (laughs) records. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is bullshit, dude. This is bullshit. There needs to be an asterisk on everything Roddy Rod Piper ever did. It's because steroids are illegal. That's why. Why are they illegal? They were illegal at the time? Yeah, of course. Why? It's a fucking. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. For you. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's terrible for yeah. you, but so is you know Oreos and if, sugar and if heroin. <laughs> yeah, if steroids aren't illegal in Hollywood for action movies, then they shouldn't be illegal in wrestling. That's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah I agree, man. But fucking uh, wrestling, wrestling truth, or <laughs> but so he got investigated, and it's funny because like you can see when it happens uh-huh. because his top guys are Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, ultimate warrior his the most juiced up freak ever. Yeah. Um, all these big guys, it's all big guys, big guys. And then all of a sudden in like 92 WWF champion is Bret Hart, the most like normal looking man <laughs> ever. And Shawn Michaels, who's like really small. Right. So, but he got investigated and, um, and, uh, it's so weird because he has this weird love hate relationship with Hulk Hogan. To the point where like Hulk Hogan is his number one star in the 80s and all this stuff. And then in the 90s, Hulk Hogan testified against him <laughs> in the steroid trial saying that Vince... He lied. He's a fucking liar. Hulk, Hulk Hogan lied? Hulk Hogan, yes. He <laughs> lies about everything. He said that he body slammed Andre the Giant and then Andre the Giant died like three days later. It was like, that's factually... Ina- like, I can look that up. Wait, wait. <laughs> Hulk Hogan is saying, I body slammed Andre. Yeah. Why? Who cares? Are we really doing a braggadocio brag about how you (laughs) killed your coworker? (laughs) Like I I don't. I'm not. Are you like, dude? Involuntary manslaughter. Yeah. Yeah, Even if you did do that, I'm like, that's not good. We don't want people to die and stuff, especially entertainment. Really, it's so funny because he he lied about that. He he said that he um he was offered 
to be the basis of Metallica in the early days. <laughs> <laughs> and then Metallica's uh, like, no, no, we never even heard of that no, guy. Yeah, we did. Yeah. No, and then uh, he said that he was offered the George Foreman grill, but that he missed the call. So they just like went with George Foreman. <laughs> so they're going to have the Hulk Hogan grill. Yeah. <laughs> that was what they're going to call it. Yeah. The Hulk Hogan no, grill. They, they were going to call it the brother. <laughs> <laughs> the brother grill. Everyone needs a brother grill. Really the lines, the, brother. Of them coming up with like the, the uh, what do they call them? The, the, the prop or whatever, like the very first one. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I know what you're talking yeah, about. The prototype. prototype yeah. The prototype. And, then, and it says the Hulk Hogan grill on it. And then all of a sudden he misses the call, and then yeah. they call George Foreman. They're like, "All right, we can erase this. Just cross it out." George Foreman girl has a better sound to it. Anyway, they're such different. We know that that can't be true because there's such different personas and people. Yeah. Like George Foreman, it's interesting because George Foreman is undeniably an, like. I mean, he f- was a real boxer, like heavyweight champ. He was the heavyweight champion of the world. And Hulk Hogan was the fake ever. heavyweight champion <laughs> of the world. So it's like they're not. They're not like, and they're also very different. Like, you know, George Foreman, at least my perception of him, he's like a very clean, like yeah. very family friendly guy who's like got a nice smile. Maybe that's just because I never watched his fights. I just yeah. watched his commercials. Um, and Hulk Hogan is like, I don't know. He's like, just like kind of just Florida personified and yeah. juiced up a little. Yeah, that's, yeah. Hulk Hogan, spray tan, Florida man. That's why when he said his N word thing, I was like, I was like, that's not a racist. That's just a dude from Tampa. Like, I never, I'm from Florida. So to me, that was like, it's just, that's how dudes from Tampa are. They're too dumb to understand. They think they're not racist when they say the N word. Like, they're like, uh, because even like the dog, the bounty hunter video, yeah. that video that I played for you guys, he's like, listen, we use the N word, but we don't mean the N word. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like, they're so dumb. They don't really get it. It's. <laughs> But um, uh, oh, one last funny thing about Hulk Hogan is he was on a. This is when he was going through his divorce. He's being interviewed on like sixty minutes or something, and then some guys Hulk like, Hogan went through a divorce. <laughs> can you imagine? Really? I thought he had the same <laughs> wife for sixty years. Yeah. So he he was going through a divorce, and his wife took everything, and then dated her like her daughter's like classmate from high school. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> Tampa. Yeah, Tampa. <laughs> exactly. That's so clear water. The, ta- the Tampa circle of life. Yeah. <laughs> that's where, you know, that's the natural yeah. nature's running its course. <laughs> you flush out a washed up former WWE star to date your daughter's classmate from high school. Yeah. So now he was like 21 or something. Yeah, yeah. So he was, so, so Hogan's so dumb that he doesn't like. He knows the phrases, but he doesn't know how to use them correctly. So he's talking to the guy, this interviewer, on like 60 Minutes. And the guy's like, so how did it make you feel when, uh, when your wife left and took your house and all this stuff? And, and uh, Hogan's like, you know, uh, we're on the record, right? And he's like, yeah. He goes, I mean, I understood OJ. This is on the record, right? I'm like, that's not the opposite of what you want to say, buddy. This shit needs to be printed. (laughs) Yeah. I want her to know. (laughs) He's like, he's too stupid to know. It's off the record. That's fucking hilarious. What a this guy. is on the record. All right, let me say the most defensive thing. Just so we can have... You have a stenographer, right? Is there a pointer out? There she is. All right. Well, we're on the record. Let me just say the N-word one more time. And then we'll start the interview again. 
God damn, man. Oh. Uh, yeah. But uh, but that the show, I'm interested in who plays Vince McMahon. So, I was thinking about that too, but I was thinking they should just get him. <laughs> yeah, play know, him. Really. you have to. You can't. Twenty years younger. <laughs> the only other person I can see doing Vince McMahon justice is like Kate McKinnon. You know, it's gotta be. It's like Kate yeah. McKinnon. Put her in a. Maybe don't even put her in a buff suit. Maybe yeah. just have her be like a her normal just body, give her but the boxy suit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, just you can see the air. It has to be her. Like, yeah. Who else could do it? Because. If you go for someone that you, because if you do Kate McKinnon, you're going for like pure comedy. We're gonna yeah. have fun with it. But if you do someone else, it's like you're missing. trying to, you're missing the point of it. You're trying yeah. to go for some reality. Like we don't want Christian Bale to beef up and like, you know, do the character thing. We just yeah. want it to be hilarious, right? And you don't want like I don't want the scene, which I'm sure will be in the show of like. Guys at the FBI smoking cigars going, this Vince McMahon's <laughs> making a lot of headway. We got to bring him down. Like, that you, that's going to be the show, though. It's going to be no the whole show. Way. He's writing it. Yeah. It's like is he, he writing it? Yeah, WWE know. is writing it. Oh, okay. It's well, a it's scripted over. It's to over TV then. show that's coming out from WWE and Bloom, Bloomhouse. Or Bloom, Blumhouse, Blumhouse, yeah. Well, the funny, uh, one of the funny things is, like, what I was talking about, perennial billionaire victim, is, like, his... Uh, they always look at themselves as like the good guys. Yes. So after 9-11. Uh, I can't wait to hear <laughs> it. Here we go. So you always know the story's going to be good when it starts with. So 9-11. Like, but it's, especially out. when it's about someone like Vince McMahon, you're like, I can't wait to hear what he said. Uh, so after 9-11, um, it was the first show back from. This is like September. A 12. Yeah. <laughs> They already had the, yeah. they were fighting the Taliban. Yeah, he wrote was, the email, <laughs> heard about the tragedy. Yeah. Work is still on tomorrow. We got to get back to work. <laughs> you know, it's a whole operation. We need things to go well. So after 9-11, the first SmackDown back, Stephanie McMahon goes on, uh, in the middle of the ring in front of a live audience, in mic goes, uh, I understand what it's like to be attacked. When my father was attacked by the U.S. <laughs> government during the steroid trial, and you just feel everybody oh in the back go, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, I can relate to all those people who lost family members. <laughs> Vince McMahon off camera. <laughs> this is going great. This is true. This is true. Speak the truth, Stephanie. Oh, my God, God, dude. What's up with... Uh, who is she... Dating anyone or what's is she single? <laughs> no, she's been married to Triple H for some time. Oh, in real life, wrestling royalty. Yeah, <laughs> wrestling royalty. Damn, damn. That's kind of how you hold on to Triple H. Like that's kind of how you hold on to being in the. Yeah, you can never not be out of the family. It's like, yeah. you know, it's like when uh, I forget his name, Trump appointed the son-in-law. Yeah, it's like that sure. version of that. Yeah, yeah. Which I, you know, I'm not a person who's like. There's too much nepotism. I don't know why I'm doing yeah. McMahon voice, but there's too much nepotism in WWE. Yeah, it's like when a comedian starts dating a booker, and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what yeah. is this about, really? <laughs> no, it's but, about love. The thing is, so when I first saw the headline about there's a show coming about Vince McMahon and the steroids allegations, yeah, stuff, and I didn't know anything about the steroid allegation, but I was literally thinking like a People versus OJ Simpson type, yeah, like dramatized yeah, version of the weird. trial and what happened. And then I click on the link and then it says produced by WWE. Yeah. And then it says it's going to be called the United States of America versus Vince McMahon. I go, Oh, it's like, he's literally just 
going to write about the time he owned the yeah. country. Like, yeah. there's no other way. It's not him taking a victory lap and, right. 20 some years later. You read the synopsis, and it's like later, an innocent family man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Strung out and railroaded by a corrupt government. So, what ended up happening with the trial? I mean, obviously, he didn't go to jail or anything. So no, he didn't they, go to jail. I mean, I don't know the specifics, but it was just found out. The the thing it's not that people weren't taking steroids. It's just that it was found legally he was not supplying people with steroids. Right, That's right. all. He just created an environment where people felt like they needed to do steroids. And was this like a Congress? To, I don't know. I guess. <laughs> like, what were we doing? Like, wasting time and taxpayer dollars to listen. Even the when you think about the baseball era of steroids, yeah. you're just kind of like thinking about modern problems. I would be fucking furious if Congress was like, you know, hearing in Senate like, all right, uh, deflate gate. We have Tom Brady on the stand to talk about the balls. I yeah. would be so mad. Yeah. Like, who? Didn't, this is entertainment. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Didn't. Wasn't there a congressional hearing on deflate gate? No. There I if there was, no. if there was, that's 100% them just being like, who wants to meet Tom? Yeah, they, exactly. they, 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 like, they did hey, it on Tom, steroids yeah. in baseball, though. They did it on steroids. They definitely did on baseball, yeah. yeah. And, and all those guys were like, I would never, I would never. And then every one of them was on yeah. steroids. <laughs> Dude, they're holding their glass. I would never. Yeah. <laughs> like, it smashes in their hand. Rafael Palmeiro was literally like, Pointing to them, like yeah. I'm a man of integrity. Yeah. To even suggest I would do something like this is an insult to me and my family. I worked hard, and then like three weeks later, it's like, yeah, he did steroids. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, how do you even do that, dude? It's so funny. sociopath shit. Yeah, it's like the congressional hearing from the fucking Godfather Two, where they have, right. <laughs> they have his like cousin. Yeah. <laughs> I did not do that. Who's that man over there? Uh, I don't know. He's here on his own. <laughs> um. But yeah, well, the, what I'm really interested in is The Ringer's doing a documentary on Vince McMahon. So that's like, uh, that's interesting. And The Ringer just did a documentary, which we talked about last week, which I finally saw, Woodstock 99. Oh, I thought it was pretty good, but there was some stuff that was annoying. Yeah. Um, so give us context. Woodstock 99 was about, they redid Woodstock in 1999. In 1999. And unlike the one in the 60s, this one has a lot of like, you know, kind of cultural cachet, yeah. a lot of cultural clout. <laughs> a lot of class. A lot of a class. Uh, some of the most beloved artists of our time, Limp Bizkit, Lincoln, Lincoln. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if Lincoln Park did it, but. The Offspring was there. I didn't even know yes, that. Like, I haven't watched a documentary. The like, Offspring. I had to watch Pretty the documentary. Christensen yeah. has the clip, and it was just Kid Rock coming on stage. He's like, I don't want to get political, but uh, Monica Lewinsky's a slut, and yeah. Bill Clinton is a pimp. He goes, this <laughs> is as political as I get, but Monica Lewinsky's a fucking hoe, and Bill Clinton's a fucking pimp. <laughs> I, my name is Kid. <laughs> It's like, who has ever been like, I, I'm dying to know what yeah. Kid Rock has to say about this. And it was like, the crowd was like, oh, the crowd was like, fuck yeah. But uh, the documentary was, oh, was good. It was shit. well made. The only thing was like, I was texting you guys. I was like, the only thing they missed was that there, it's like too somber of a documentary. Like they're like, oh, this was the worst thing that ever happened. But really, you're supposed to be like, this was so stupid. Yeah, yeah. So, like, like everyone was dumb back you then. You gotta it be hilarious how stupid it right. was. Right, play it for comedy, dude. Yeah, Do a not. They, it sounds. You told us that they played it for doing this like loose. Any documentary that doesn't really have anything and yeah. like manner yes. in it, they're like, how can we relate this to the alt rise of the alt right? You're right. like, shut the fuck up. That in 1999. Yeah. 
somehow there probably is some overlap between people who do like shitty music and like but it's just annoying disenfranchised white guys yeah with a bunch of anger who are 20 years old who are 20 years old i mean there there is a loose connection to disenfranchised right people white people who go you know what i'm voting for trump but it's not like you can be like, I found the origin of Trump, guys. Yeah. It happened in a Woodstock. field in Wall Street, New York. <laughs> yeah. Or Wall Street, uh, Woodstock, New York. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the interesting thing, I'd forgotten about this because I thought like there was three Woodstocks, like one in the 70s, but it was 69, 94, and then uh, 99. During the, the, uh, the, the Vince McMahon trial. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the one in 94 was like pretty like peaceful. That's what they got into and stuff. Uh-huh. And then they have like this weird narrative that like as soon as like Kurt Cobain was moving the culture forward in terms of like gender, but like he dressed up in a dressed in a dress. Right? He was in a dress and like, he loved RuPaul. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. All these they were saying like all the bands from '94 were like grunge and like you know promoting LGBTQ rights and like anti-racism and all this stuff. And then as soon as he died, fuck it. That was out the window, bro. Like, that's the whole the documentary's premise. Well, then you're a bunch of pussies who need one guy in order yeah, for you to have a vision. Like, fuck <laughs> you and your shitty movement, then. Like, if you're just as good as one dude who could just kill himself, then yeah, right. what good is your, what good are any of you? You all suck. I'll yeah. be, I'm only in favor of LGBTQ as far as some really good songwriter is yeah. for it. But if he's dead, then, then why give a shit? God, um, I love it. But it was, I mean, there are certain things you couldn't be funny about because there was like uh, definitely some sexual assaults happening. There was like women sure. saying, they're, not saying, but like, I mean, literally saying, but when I say saying, it sounds like <laughs> I don't believe <laughs> yeah. them. But, women were just, I don't know. You know just, yeah. They were saying <laughs> yeah, exactly. there was. That's what it like. No, but women uh, reporting rapes that happened to them. So it's like, you can't be funny about that. But like. You can be funny about Limp Biscuit and these idiots breaking shit because you gave them all candles. They were like, they, <laughs> there's a point in the documentary where they just show a kid early on. He's like, we're having a candlelight vigil tomorrow night, so we're just passing out candles and uh, it should be good. So like, take a candle, take as many as you want. And then by the end, uh, they have all these candles and then Red Hot Chili Peppers go on stage. And they start playing that Jimi Hendrix song of like, uh, seven to the fire. And then, of course, everybody <laughs> just lights everything on fire. <laughs> That's such a bad. Okay, everyone, take your complimentary flamethrower yeah. and just be peaceful with it. Be chill. <laughs> but the, the, the biggest like heels in that fucking thing, the biggest like douchebags are the promoters. Mm-hmm. The promoters are the concert back then because they're still like doubling down now and be like, I don't know, man. I thought it went pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> there was well, 25,000 sexual assaults reported. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. Well, come on. Yeah, but we sold $100,000 in bottled water. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, that was one of the things. He goes, yeah. uh, they go like, uh, how do you respond to the thing? Because water was $4. For, right. In 1999 money. Yeah, 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 yeah. So water was $4. And he goes, how do you respond to the water? He's like, yeah, I guess that's a little expensive. But if you go to a concert, if you go to a festival, bring money. Yeah, <laughs> like you yeah. fucking douchebag. But I mean, every how is that different from every other concert? Have you ever gone to a concert? You're like, yeah, oh, the true. water bottles are very reasonably priced at this concert. No, that's the whole venue can't be open yeah. unless there's a show. So they upcharge the shit out of you because you can't go anywhere else. That's yeah. why when you go to a baseball game, a beer costs eleven dollars. That's why when you go to a concert, right. drinks cost so much money. Is it that? I don't know. The it's, thing was the the it, thing was it's like it's a hundred degrees outside, right. and they had 
like water set up. Mm -hmm. But these kids are so stupid that they go like they start showering in the water supply. (laughs) (laughs) So nobody starts drinking like and then Uh, at some point people start because hippies are bathing in it. Exactly. Exactly. And then people started getting frustrated that the lines were taking so long, people were being obnoxious with the water that they burst a pipe. So and then they start drinking water up from there. But the problem with that is you burst a pipe and it gets all over the place. What are you surrounded by? Just dirt. So everything becomes mud. Right, and then the porta potties got backed up, so people, were, so there's like overflowing. So now people are just rooting around in mud and shit, so oh. they can't even tell the difference anymore. Right, <laughs> it's almost like a metaphor for the people. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's weird when you see who was on that show too, because like Alanis Morissette is on it, <laughs> and it was like. Limp Bizkit and Alanis Morissette. How do they get? Yeah, it's like how do they get? Um, how do they get? What's that bald singer from SNL who did the Pope? Sinead O'Connor. I think it's Sinead O'Connor <laughs> to yeah. Woodstock '99. The Price is Right. It'd be great if we put on like a Woodstock 2022. Yeah. But still booked Limp Bizkit yeah. and Kid Rock. And I kind of like the idea of no, but yeah. I kind of like the idea of all of the mid acts that are you know the smaller font but are like. Great bands, great artists, yeah. and then the just the headliners are just dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, wait a minute, there's like a lot of good eggs, and then the headliners are just yeah. dog shit. Just the clone, just dog the bounty hunter, yeah. Kid Rock, <laughs> Brett Michaels. It, you should do Wood, Woodstock '99 2020, <laughs> you know, right? Like that version. Um, but you know, to think they got the biggest bands of the time to be there, right? Yeah. And how were they the biggest bands of the time? It's because the the people like that were buying their shit. And what were those? It's not like Woodstock '99 happened with all these undiscovered bands like Limp Bizkit who came out and were like, everybody's like, oh, this shit's awesome. So like all this idea that it all started at Woodstock is just it's not true. Right. If you think about like all the like we we always I don't know it was I don't know it was your joke they're like it, that was the time period where like if yeah. someone took your picture you legally had to flick off the camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like every picture taken and like from like 97 to like 2001 was just this irreverent fuck you. Yeah. It was like that was what the culture was during that time. Right. So yeah. it's like Woodstock 99 might have been like a uh illustration of it but it's not like you can put the pressure on it as the 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 thing that happened it all happened before it yeah. was like leading up to that point i don't know i didn't see the documentary but uh i was reading about it um people's you know reactions to it and somebody made an interesting point which i don't know but they wrote it so well that i was like this guy sounds right um was that the thing that happened in like the mid 90s was that clear channel started like buying up all these like independent radio stations and who is clear channel it's like this media company so they own i guess they own like news stations and stuff and so they started buying up like radio stations and all this stuff and basically they essentially started controlling what you hear so things just became popular because they so they're pushed Jewish. okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god Oh dear! <laughs> so so things just started becoming popular because they forced it down people's throats, and they could promote whoever they want, and they had like a stranglehold on music or whatever. And they were making that argument that like it wasn't as democratized as it is now because of the internet. But the internet is also that's also like a slight lie. The internet is this democratized yeah. thing. There is still so much of what succeeds or can go viral can just have a lot of money behind it. Yeah, but the gatekeepers are algorithms. So, like, it just, it's persistence. It's like you can make shitty videos, 
But if you make 10,000 of them, you're going to eventually spike an algorithm, find some people who like your shitty video, and then you'll get some sort of following. It's, so it's not really like a, they, they act like it's like a, some sort of, you know, you make something good and it's on the internet so anybody can see it. But in order for it to be seen, it has to go through this gatekeeper that is now faceless, which is an algorithm. Yeah. But it's interesting because what you're saying about the radio stations, because that's true, because another thing that happened was bookstores. Like bookstores and radio stations used to be independent and they used to just play the shit that they wanted to play and they would get like a local following. Yeah. Like everybody would like listen to the radio station or go to the bookstore. They would put out different books. And both of those things in the late 90s and the early 2000s became corporate. And then you go to Barnes and Noble and every Barnes and Noble has the exact same books. Yeah. Every right. radio station has the exact same music. Like they killed all of the unique parts of those fields or whatever yeah so yeah i mean that's a big thing it's a big thing that happened it's like everything became way more corporate and like woodstock the initial woodstock was like a bunch of peace love and happiness and like people just having a good time and then 1999 it was like corporations putting on woodstock to make money and sponsoring the event and selling bottles of water and like doing all those things it's just a different thing completely yeah um but that, that was that time period. That was, uh, I think there was a brand of bottled water that was famous at Woodstock. It was like, you know how when you buy like a bottle of water, sometimes they have this little like gel flavor packs. Yeah. Like you just top it off and then you, oh, now it's got like an apple yeah. spritz. They actually had those, but it was just like you pull it off and you just drop the roofie right inside. <laughs> oh it was like, just like a little what? gel. It was like, it just came with it. It was, yeah. you know, it was like part of the package where you just, oh, now I have the roofie with me. Yeah. Um, do you but, believe that person? Uh, first, I zoned out. <laughs> I mean, from the beginning of it, <laughs> it's like they had ru- uh, like a license. Well, to the reason why you said, I heard a joke, I forget who it was, but they were talking about Spanish Fly, and apparently in like the seventies, you could just buy Spanish Fly from a yeah. from bodega. Cosby, <laughs> yeah, from Bill Cosby. <laughs> like the way that they have like boner pills now, yeah, like yeah. certain bodegas. I love there was those, just Spanish man. Fly, and there was yeah. just hey, give this to women, and they get really loose, and like apparently that was a very accepted thing. So that's I thought that's what you were kind of mm. on, and I was like. That wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but back to but uh, to the the idea that like that it was just the time it was just mm-hmm. part of what was in the air. There was that I think Patrice O'Neill said it where he's just like how can how can a riot break out unless everyone's mad? You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Like how could how could that Limp Bizkit be the number one band unless right. everybody thinks they're the number one band? Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like it was all happening before it. It yeah. was like this angsty part of society after. Right grunge died and like Limp Bizkit and those bands took over. It wasn't because grunge, like Pearl Jam was still making music. It wasn't like they stopped. It wasn't like the Foo Fighters started right around after, you know, but people stopped listening to it as much and started listening to the more aggressive shit. I will say in the documentary, Moby comes across as like so lame. Really? Because he's just the guy who's like, I thought it was a bad idea from the beginning. Like, Uh, (laughs) like, shut up. uh, Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. But it is yeah. weird who was there because like the offspring was there, Alanis Morissette was there, Jewel was there, which I was like Jewel, but like whatever. But it's it is funny because like anytime a, a like a female artist would go on, everybody in the crowd's like, show your tits. Alanis Morissette's like, how many albums do I have to sell to fucking not get the show your not tits? Say show your tits. Not enough. Just show them. <laughs> Put it on the cover. That was also that we talked about a lot. That was the attitude era. And it was attitude era. That was yeah. the attitude era of America. Yeah, yeah. that yes. was America's attitude era. Where I think we it's don't because we went, we went through eight years of Reagan, four years of Bush, 
and then Clinton took over, and then Clinton was like the savior for a lot of yeah. like left leaning people, and then he clearly in retrospect, it's like, wait, we were wrong. He sucked so bad. Yeah, he, he <laughs> didn't live up to it, and I think everybody just goes like pissed off. Yeah, everybody's like, we all these stodgy people are in charge, and the man, and all that yeah. shit. And then all those people realize that the man is also the people advertising to them, and yeah. like you know. It was just like this perfect storm of anger. It was kind of funny because it was a lot of like young white guys going like, fuck the man without realizing like, wait, I'm a little bit (laughs) kind of the man. (laughs) Or at least the man a little bit has my back. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, like some righteous anger, some not righteous anger. You know, what are you going to do? And just some fucking around. Sometimes it's just funny to go, fuck you. Yeah. Sometimes it's hilarious (laughs) to catch something on fire at a concert because you're like, dude, this is so dumb. Because you're 18 and you're like, what the fuck else am I going to do? That's the thing, too. It's not like it was a bunch of 40 year old men who are no better. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kids who are hot and and high and hungry. Like, what do you think they're going to (laughs) do? And it was still culturally acceptable to just say to a woman, show me your tits. And that that wasn't like, what? Well, that was one of the things that they they talked about. They were like, this was the era of Girls Gone Wild, which I think is a little off because I think Girls Gone Wild was like a couple years after this. It's definitely a couple years after. I have a few But they like, you know, they tried to massage it a little bit together. You know, to make it fit, but it's like as someone who's very aware of the Girls Gone Wild canon, <laughs> I can tell you, <laughs> Girls I, Gone I, Wild three sixty seven was issued. I launched a DVD series called Girls Gone Mild, where it's just young women succeeding in corporate America, <laughs> talking um, about their lives. Show us your resume. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. But yeah, there was a lot of stuff. There, like women are being grown. Like, there is a clip from the Offspring guy where he's like. Uh, yeah i'm sorry let me do this first but there's a clip from the offspring guy and he's like hey you know if there's a girl out there crowd serving you don't have to touch her tits right and if you're a girl crowd serving grab a guy's nuts and everybody's like yeah but um but the funniest thing is like i don't know why and maybe i just missed it but they interviewed scott stapp (laughs) (laughs) who's who's scott stapp the lead singer of creed we were making fun of him a few weeks ago. <laughs> and he was just like, I don't know what he was talking about. He was just like, I guess he, he must have been a performer there because why else would you have him? But he was like, yeah, the post No, nah, do the note. You got to do the voice a little. <laughs> I mean, but it's, it's, <laughs> just sorry. Uh, but he was doing the thing. He was like, well, post grunge, like we were like grunge was about something else and post grunge we were talking about the stuff that mattered to us not like new metal and we're like you're just as lame like what are you you're, talking about you're a guy who sold out jesus like, yeah, you literally, like what are you talking about dude we were talking uh, about real shit like yeah. how you should accept jesus Christ, as your one your lord buddy. and savior i read that the lead singer of offspring has like a double doctorate yeah, he's, or something yes. he's like a very smart a genius, i just love apparently. that yeah he's a genius i love that he's nope. like the, the lead singer of the, the offspring has like two doctorates or something he's like a very educated I actually very watched smart the, guy. there's a really good youtube video of him and dr cornell west uh talking about, <laughs> talking about race relations yeah. and and cornell west goes you're pretty fly for a white guy <laughs> <laughs> And That's where like, they came uh, from. <laughs> Dr. Cornell West is actually the original. He's listed in the songwriting credits if you look at the album. I have, man, The Offspring. That's a fucking yeah. band. That's so specific to that time. Wow! Yeah. Give it to me, my baby. friend's got a girlfriend, man. He hates that. 
bitch. That's like, <laughs> all right. It's like, okay, dude. Okay, when you, all right, all right, here we go now. You don't get to be like, hey, guys, be cool. When you're yeah, like, when you're my like, friend has a girlfriend and I hate that bitch. But he also does the verse coming from the woman's perspective. All right. Where she hates the guy who's a dick. So, yeah. all right. Very, there's a quality. Yeah. It yeah. is okay it's to. It's not like right. Puddle of Mud had a, he fucking, you know, deserved it. <laughs> He's well, a fucking loser. What was she wearing? <laughs> God, I miss. But here's the thing. I actually, it's we we talk about it frequently, but I miss tastelessness. You, there should be some semblance of certain subcultures should be allowed to be tasteless. Not yeah. like, yeah. And don't get me wrong. Like some of it's a little much, but. I, that song, it's okay to just be like, I hate that bitch. Like, some women are bitches. <laughs> it's true. Some men are. Yeah. But if you call a man a bitch, it's a different thing. Yeah. If you call a man a bitch, it's like you're you're probably dating a bitch and you don't just stand means up to her. It just means you're just as bad as a woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, that's what it means. I, I, <laughs> I didn't come of. up with it. <laughs> it wasn't my It's not like I came up with that. That's what it means. Well, it's like it's funny because it's like who who gets to be called a bitch, right? Mm-hmm. So like if you if there is like some woman who drowns her kids, is it okay to call her a slut? <laughs> like, it doesn't apply. But what, but what about that behavior is slutty? Nothing. But it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, that's not like, as soon as you drown I love kids, the idea of, of right. some woman it's drowns not. her kids and you still make it about sex. <laughs> like she probably fucks everything that moves, slut. It's not about the. the <laughs> I like that idea. If you're just now that they've done something so heinous, you yeah, can be like you go, fuck them. Yeah, the woman drowns her kids. You're like, all right, I can call her the n word. Right. I yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, what's the line? What's the line? It's a good question. Is a woman who drowns her kids a salute? <laughs> a dumb bitch. Yeah, yeah, you can say that, right? The I don't know. I like it. <laughs> Do you know why? That what in that song? Why do we know any other lyrics? Like, what was the qualities of the girlfriend? Like, because you know, I, my friend's got a girlfriend, and I hate that bitch. First off, he wrote from the heart. Well, he didn't say I hate that bitch. He, he said, he "Man, I really gotta lose that bitch." In the worst type of way, she sits on her ass, and he works his hands to the bone to give her money every payday. Yeah, so she's a fucking leech. She's a leech. She's a relationship no, welfare queen. Yeah, and then the other way, I don't remember. I just remember she hates that dick. Yes. Tells yeah, me every day. Right. Wow. Uh, See? Yeah, I don't remember the reasons. That's why he got a fucking degree in thermodynamics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he knows what he's doing. He actually helped Bezos get to space. Yeah. <laughs> Which we haven't talked about that at all. How are right. we on time, by the way? Are we? Yeah, we're good. Oh. Uh can we change subject? Talk about that. Yeah, we fine. have not once talked about the Jeff Bezos going to right, space right, thing. Right. And Richard Branson went kind of. Wait, 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 kind of. He like went like around the. None Earth, of them like, went out of the outer atmosphere to where you're technically in yeah. outer space, but they did go to the highest. They part did of take that. a Delta flight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were up there. That, yeah, I nothing depresses like me more than billionaires going to space. Yeah, I mean, people things depress me more, but. Uh, it's truly, it's just such a bummer. Like, I love that they have, it all just feels like one giant show and tell Yeah, where everyone is like, we're just going along with it 
because he's paying us. Do you know, right. it feels like Joffrey a little bit, where it's yeah. just like, this guy has the money, he's giving us money, so we're all just going to participate in the fantasy and the little camp of it all, because he had, even the journalist who's afterward yeah. like, so how did it feel? You're like, she's just getting paid, and it's like, I'll be interested in this guy. How'd you feel riding the choo-choo? Like, yeah. yeah. So yeah. <laughs> But that's the, exactly the juxtaposition of it happening where everybody is so upset with like income inequality and like Amazon killed the unionized like they were going to try to unionize in like Alabama for yeah. Amazon and Amazon like did everything they could to kill them from unionizing um, and like, you know, the stories of, you know, truck drivers who drive for Amazon can't afford to stop and go to the bathroom because they're on such a time scrub, like all these things. And then it's like. Like a, a month ago, his tax for uh, tax was uh, were leaked, and like he didn't pay any income tax in like it's th- three different years. Bezos, and it's like yeah, it sucks. At the same time, there is something like cool about the achievement of it, and I do think that like as a society, who we- all of us sit here and buy stuff on Amazon all the time while bitching about how much money Jeff Bezos has. It's kind of like, well, how did he get the money? Every All of that's, us buy no. shit on Amazon yeah, that's true. all the time. Yeah. So it's like, we're all complicit in it. We're all, you know, like, you know, I, I get how it's a bummer that some people can't go to the doctor, but this guy has enough money to take himself to space and he doesn't yeah. pay taxes and this. I totally understand. But I also think it is kind of important to point out that. But it's not necessarily a one-on-one thing. People, yeah, are, yeah. Oh, people are overly simplistic. Yeah. I yeah. will agree with that where they're like, his wealth increased by, or he's this is how much money he got over the pandemic, which is true and it's bad, but it's like he can't access that money. This isn't like a defense of him. This is just like there are some like social media socialists who are just, they just do deny the reality we live in. And like he can't just have all of the money he has, it, it's it, tied to a stock. It's still bad. I yeah, agree. But yeah. It, he, it, he also didn't take it from the healthcare fund. You know, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe he did. I don't he know. He also but. built the best thing. Yeah. Like the best thing that all of us use undeniably. Yeah. It's like, am I going to go do something? No, I'm going to order on Amazon. Why? Because it's the best thing to do. But this is it's like, the best thing. Like he built the best thing. It is the best thing. So he deserves to be rewarded for that. I would like to, to live in a world where he can make the best thing and become a billionaire, but also have to pay taxes. Yeah. And then people can afford to go to the doctor. Like that's what I would like to live in that world. So I don't think like him independently, like, you know, other than the fact that he had, there's loopholes that he cannot pay taxes. I think closing those loopholes would be important. But other than that, him independently, he's just doing, he's just building the best thing. Do you know how they get away with not paying taxes? I just found this out. Yeah, I know some of it. With that human traffic for Congress? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah, they're all, all pedophiles, right. dude. You, you made three remaining teenagers all, uh, all <laughs> Three, come on. I just, I just saw this and I'm like, maybe it's completely wrong, but I don't know. Correct me if I am. But like, so basically what happens is like Amazon sets up a shell company like called Global Globex or whatever, right? They and even they, name it the name of a company from a movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like where it's like so broad, yeah, it means right. nothing. Global Simtex or whatever. <laughs> so so they open a company in the Cayman Islands mm-hmm. called Global Simtex, right? And, uh, and so let's say Amazon makes $50 billion worth of profit. They say that their business model is licensed 
the intellectual property is licensed from Global Syntex in the Cayman Islands. Mm-hmm. And the guess how much it costs? The exact same <laughs> of the profit. Yeah, yeah, fifty billion dollars. Yep. So then on, so they give the money to Global Syntex that fifty billion dollars, and they're like, "Well, we didn't make a profit. How can we pay taxes?" Yeah, and then uh, individually, Bezos can decide to get paid in Amazon stock yeah. rather than getting paid in cash. So if you have, let's say you have a, a Amazon stock worth $2 billion, instead of cashing, selling the stock and having the liquid cash to buy stuff with, you can borrow against your stock. Mm. So basically they just have a black Amex card f- yeah. with no limit on it and they buy everything on credit and it's borrowed against their stock. So if your stock if you own $2 billion of Amazon stock, and then over the course of 10 years, that increases to $10 billion of Amazon Which stock, do, yeah. you pretty much, the interest, you know, it, yeah. it constantly gets paid. So they never have to worry about, they're just basically, it's just feeding itself. It's a system yeah. that feeds itself. So like if you're a CEO, like a Musk or a Bezos who's running the company, you just opt to get paid in stock rather than you know, a salary. So like Jeff Bezos will make like $85,000 in salary from Amazon. And then the rest of it will be given to them in stock. Mm. And that's why they don't have to pay individual federal income tax. That is, uh, that's good to know as for, you know, me as a future billionaire to wonder like, <laughs> how can I, how can I get, I think we should declare ODR as a religion. Yeah. And that way any income we get from, uh, you know, this patient. conversation we're having right now would preclude that from happening. <laughs> <'Cause> we're <laughs> colluding to say it's a religion, but yeah, it's not a bad idea. Um, Wow. Um, it's so it, the thing that's so frustrating is I got hit up by uh, the government that like oh hey turns out you owe us more it was I owed them yeah. six hundred fifty bucks they showed up at your door they did and the white feet are going <laughs> with their hand <laughs> hey uh, did the numbers again and, uh, it turns out you owe, really I mean, you're an IRS I don't agent be a bummer but like you're in you and one shorts yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel and like, a towel around their neck. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but they, uh, it's just funny where it's like, guys, you're working so hard to get another like $600 from people who are not at that income level the 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 labor to just get a little more out of like Amazon is so much less. And the reward is not though so much more. The problem is, is the IRS is so underfunded that they don't even have the resources to go after Amazon because they can just lock them up in court. So like if you're the IRS, you you have all these tax laws, but you uh-huh. have really no means of guaranteeing. So if you're a rich person, you can just not pay taxes and you pretty much can just get away with it. Yeah. It's, it takes... You wait, have wait, to be, you're saying that, that Amazon or whoever would just keep blocking and getting them into court? Yeah. Well, it's like all these, like, these Trump stuff coming out about all the taxes he didn't pay and all these other th- stuff. It's like it took years for this to come out and it only because he was president and only because everybody was digging trying to find dirt and they finally found out that he wasn't paying his taxes. And it's not even him. It's the fucking COO of his company that's going to get in any trouble if he even gets in any trouble. So it's like... The IRS can't guarantee some everybody pays their taxes. Yeah. So like they can send you a scary letter, but if you have a team full of lawyers, you just yeah. forward that shit to them and let them deal with it, and you're fine. Like there's nothing they can do. They can try to get the money, yeah. but they and have if, no real way of enforcing it. And if they wanted to like change that law in any way, you know, 
the natural thing that happens is people go, fucking Mexicans are right. taking your job. But that's the thing, though. It's so much easier for the IRS to send you a scary note, Brett, saying you give us $600 more because everybody, all of us, will be like, oh, fuck, I don't want to yeah. get in trouble here. Take is- my 600 when we don't even have the 600 to give. Yeah. You know? But it, that, that's, it's way more easy for them to collect money that way than it is the other way. Yeah, that's true. I regret not consulting my team of lawyers, uh, <laughs> which is made up of uh, it's the OJ team. But um, <laughs> that yeah, they they put fancy words on it too that make it. They don't call it like they call it like opportunity. They always are government is they spend so much time trying to make the language scary, but also very general. Yeah. I remember that. When New York said, like, uh, you can give some unemployment back, this was separate from taxes. They call yeah. it, like, opportunity for waiver, to, opportunity to, like, waive future. Un- it was something like that, but they called it an opportunity. Yeah. And you're like, you motherfuckers, stop manipulating language so much yeah. to just, like, confuse people into either being scared or not knowing yeah, it's also intentional. It's it, like when it, they do uh, bills in Congress and they call it like the Freedom and Families Ice Cream Act, and it's like all about just raping prisoners or something. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> but it goes back to like paying taxes and stuff. Like, even if we had a way to make them pay taxes, would you trust the government to actually do it right? No, exactly. That's but, like we live in this where it's like we can all be mad at billionaires, and I think that. A lot of that anger is 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 righteous and coming from a very smart place. But even if we collected the money that we think they should pay and put it into the federal government, it's going to be mismanaged, misspent. It's just going to be on a terrible. I mean, granted, if the more money they have, the more good they can do theoretically. But I just think that like we have to do two things. We need to do tax reform, but then we also have to do like money reform and how the government spends money because the way that they spend money. I was reading this thing where, like, I think we talked about it before. They paid some firm, like, uh, in California. They they spent, like, $6 million for them to build them a website that you can make on Wix for, like, $13. Yeah. Squarespace, dude, yeah. You, you know what I mean? So bucks. it's like, like, what are we doing? And then in, in um, California, in San Francisco, they started putting up tents for the homeless. And it's just a tent. It's just a big tent. Like, you would see it like a outdoor festival, yeah. right? They put up tents. So each one of those tents costs like three hundred thousand dollars. Of course, it's because when the government's buying your product and you're a business who's selling it, you have no. You just go. It costs three hundred thousand dollars, and they're like, "All right, cool." They, yeah. There's no negotiating. That's no why, one's gonna be like, yeah. "What are you doing with that? What do you mean? I go go find someone else." It's just a bid. It's just like any government thing is a bid, right. and companies can drastically overcharge because the government's not gonna negotiate with them. Right. So like, there has to be a better way for government to spend money at the same time as we need to pass laws to where more money comes in from people who have so much and paid literally nothing into the pot. That's why people are always like, the thing is like, oh, government contract. Like, oh, because yeah, we yeah. know the government exactly. is yeah. moronic. Well, like, There's no like uh, civic kind of, I don't know, pride is the right word, but civic like integrity in that way of like... Paying co- taxes. No, but like businesses even being like, you know, let me offer them a reasonable price. <laughs> There's just no that nobody thinks about it in like civic duty kind of terms. Right. They yes. just go like, "Fuck, this is my ticket." Taxpayer dime. Fuck it. Fuck it. Overcharge. Yeah. This the truest line in The Departed was, "This is America. If you don't have money, you're a douchebag." Yeah. <laughs> um, the Bezos thing that I remember getting in a, like a kind of like not like argument, but like debate with. 
a guy, a friend of a friend at a, like a party. And he was like, he, cause I said that the Bezos point, they're like, Oh, it's kind of a bummer. And he was like, I think it's amazing what private enterprise can do and like send a man to space, which isn't totally wrong. The people who still accomplished it are, it's remarkable. But first off, we've already been to space. Second yeah, off, like, this is why it sucks. Of, we did that in 69. We, we did that in 69. First off, and I think the Jeff Bezos, I'm positioning this theory, the Jeff Bezos going to space, it's uh, it's a hoax. I don't. I think it was yeah. all it was done on a green <laughs> yeah, screen. But I, what, the, what, the, what's exciting about it is that there is an opportunity for us to, if if regular people can get in a rocket and go into space, it means that we could start actually sending people to satellites to other places to live more exploration before it had to be sanctioned by the government and the government had yeah. to like no one could just go to space pri- privately it had to be done by nasa but, government's approval this that and the other i know what you're saying you're you're right this you're is right, why but. we like people are like jeff bezos lands and he gets this little weird ticker tape like how did it feel and he's like <laughs> this is why it's a bummer he did laugh like yeah it's like yeah. who he's laughs a, like that he's a fucking nerd dude yeah it's, <laughs> it is a super villain laugh and it it's none of us share in the victory when it's not with public money yeah that's like it is kind of public money because we did fund the space launch like even me, I don't think I buy much from Amazon. And I was like thinking about it. I'm like, I think I've spent this year, I've probably spent $150 on Amazon purchases, yeah. which is not a ton. But when you think about $150, Times. 100 million people, yeah. 200 million people, and I'm probably spending on the lower end of some of those you folks. definitely are. Um, some people spend that a week. Yeah. Yeah. And so I bought two tripods and, you know, a couple of dongles. It's but, like, like we, we, I ordered groceries from Whole Foods that gets delivered. That's owned by Bezos. You know, if I need something, like if I need a screwdriver, I'm not going to go walk to find one. I'm just going to go boom, boom, boom. All right. I'll be here tomorrow. Yeah. It's just like, it's that easy. But it, it, it doesn't, no one, is like NASA is like it's cool. It's NASA. It's public money, so we all share in the victory. But there is no sharing in a victory when it's just like one man and one man who, by the way, as he said, he thanked the customers and the employees. Mm-hmm. Quite literally, he said, "I want to thank the employees and the customers because you guys paid for this." Mm-hmm. The fact that he, yeah, I think he was trying He's to trying say to, yeah. the customers paid for this. Yeah, but yeah. the fact that it was. Kind of like a modifier that could sound like you was saying the employees yeah, paid yeah. for this was like, yikes! Yeah, it sounded like I they think- did a GoFundMe <laughs> to yeah, get yeah, him yeah. into space. Uh, it's it's like the only way it would have been worse if he just said, "I earned this by myself." <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Bye. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, that's a very uh, tone deaf kind of thing. But he's a fucking cloistered billionaire by now. Like he's not interacting with. Those employees, is he? It is true. It's like, what do you expect? Like, you expect him yeah. to not be tone deaf? He's a billionaire, yeah. right? And I, I would guess that he, he has so much money that even if you took away twenty percent of what he owns and put it in taxes for back taxes, he would have still had enough money to go do go to space, and then still had like he has. Dude, he so went through much a divorce money. and was still the richest person yeah. in the world, and That's, she became the richest female ever to live. Yeah. <laughs> That's, ever to live, yeah, ever to live. <laughs> and it, she got his divorce money. She got like one third or something. Yeah, and if you talk to any woman about it, they're like, "Yeah, you go," <laughs> and you're like, "That no, no, that is." That's bullshit that you're proud of getting that yeah. much money. At least she's donating another charity. Fucking 
Slut. <laughs> <laughs> just calling her. Brent, she didn't drown any kids. You can't do that. No, but still. You can't bro. call her that. Oh, my bad, my bad. <laughs> that is true. That's the difference between men and women. When a woman gets asked too much money, she donates to charity. When a man goes does, he's like, I'm making a dick rocket <laughs> yeah. and going to space. <laughs> I got to put a cock in them on the moon, man. Uh, that's funny, man. I think we're right. about an hour in. I think so. All right. What Let's... do you guys think? Good to go? Hmm? Yeah. Good. Yeah. We did do it. Do your plugs, man. Do the plugs. Uh, just YouTube. Uh, we do have a YouTube for the, the show. It, we're still getting it up, and the, it's taken forever to upload it. But if you look up the Odeer podcast on YouTube, you should see us there. Um, so follow us there, and then my YouTube's Nick Whitmer. Uh, I've also posted a link to the to our YouTube on my website, ChristianDuranComedy.com. Just going to the podcast area. Uh, my album King Latifah is streaming on all streaming platforms. Check it out. Sick. And then uh, YouTube, Brett Ravel, subscribe. Go buy Brett Coin, so you can take care of your great, 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 great. We'll put the the <laughs> link. We'll put the link into uh, the show notes too for the yes. YouTube channel. Um, I actually texted Brett that the other day. I, I just sent him a screenshot of my Brett coin. I go, I'm just hanging out here with my retirement fund. <laughs> Brett coin. And I was like, yeah, man, good for you. Christian, though, still hasn't. <clears throat> All right. Well, I'm waiting for it to <laughs> I'm waiting for it to spike and then Natasha, come back Tasha, we down. can't get Miles. Uh, <laughs> we can't get him baby food this week. <laughs> but in three years, trust me. <laughs> He's going to have so much baby food. <laughs> All, right, All right, guys. Thanks. Peace. Peace.